Good morning, everybody. Turn over to Romans chapter 6. Independence Day, July 4th is on Tuesday. A reminder of the freedom of our nation. Of course, we live in an amazing country. Uh, We enjoy so much freedom. And I think if our freedom was ever threatened, we'd even appreciate our freedom more. You know, the saying goes, freedom is not free. And yet, one of the saddest things is when you're actually free, but you don't realize it or you don't live that way. Story's been told of trainers of circus animals. And they talk about getting a young elephant that's uh, just an infant, still a pretty large animal. Uh, But they tie it up to a stake in the ground. And so that elephant has to stay put because it's tied to a stake in the ground. And its entire life, it gets chained up back to the same type of stake. But you know, the thing is that baby elephant grows up to a big elephant. But an interesting mindset happens. That fully grown, powerful adult elephant never tries to free itself from that little stake in the ground. It's fully capable of just pulling that thing out of the ground and having its freedom. But see, the problem is it's lived its whole life in bondage, being tied up to that little stake, and learned as a young elephant, I'm trapped. And so even as the elephant grows older, it has the ability to be free. But because it's convinced that he's not free, never enjoys that freedom. You know, I think about I think about our nation, well, let's see here, I guess it's not working. Oh, I've got the wrong clicker. I got, you, I got the old one that doesn't have enough range. But you think about the celebrations that occur. And for those that have older members of their family that have fought battles on behalf of our country, and heard stories. You know, I had grandparents, or maybe parents, worn the uniform and gone and fought. Risked their life, the celebration means even more. You know, I loved the fireworks. I still participated in one of the most Epic fireworks celebrations ever. ICMC was in Washington, D.C., July 4th, 2000. And we landed, and I told everybody who was with us, we we landed at our hotel at about, you know, 3 o'clock, and I said, throw your luggage in your room. We're meeting down here in five minutes. And we went over to where all the the monuments were, the reflecting pool. And I said, we're just going to go there and wait because it's going to be amazing. And it was more than an hour of the most amazing fireworks you've ever witnessed in your life. And I go, I loved it because I'm just like a kid with fireworks. I love the ones that explode really loud. But you know what? If you were close to somebody who died in one of those wars, 
that celebration means so much more. Jesus died to give us freedom. And I appreciated the words that Nate shared during the Lord's Supper. And being called higher and looking to heaven and what his death provided for us. But today we're going to talk about being, being set free. Well, maybe this one's not going to work either. Okay, this one's not working either. It's delayed. Okay. Romans chapter 6. Starting in verse 1, read down to verse 14. For what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are no longer under the law, but under grace. And Paul's talking here and he says, you've been set free from sin. He goes, when you died in the waters of baptism, your old self was crucified and you no longer live, but Christ lives. Why? So the body of sin would be done away with. And yet so often, as Christians, we live as if we don't have that freedom. No, Paul says, no, that, that body of sin, that life of sin, it was done away with. You now have the ability to live free from sin. Now, that doesn't mean you have the ability to leave, uh, live free from temptation. But you actually have the ability to be free from sin. So the question I have for you this morning is, do you live like you have the ability to be free from sin? I got some input to you here. Point number one, be unavailable to sin. Now, I want you just for a moment, you don't have to make a long list, to think about the number of hours that you have wasted in your life sinning. You say, like, well, what, what are you talking about? 
How about arguing and fighting with your spouse? How many hours have you spent upset, angry, frustrated? Or maybe with your kids. Or maybe with your boss. How about how many hours have you spent worried, just anxious? You know, how the kids are going to turn out. What's going to happen with my job? What about this situation? What about that? You know, and we're just anxious and we're just gripped with worry. How much time have you spent drunk or hungover or numb, detached, emotionally, just out of it, high? Like how many hours of your life have you spent in lustful thinking? Or how about in greed and materialism? You know, I, I, I shared once about, you know, a funny thing that happened when I bought a lottery ticket. You know, about two times a year I buy one, you know, when it gets really big. Because I wouldn't want to just win like a cheesy $5 million. If I'm going to invest a dollar, it's got to matter. And, you know, I spent my dollar on a lottery ticket, and then all of a sudden I started thinking about, like, what I would do if I won. And pretty soon, like, an hour had passed (laughs) thinking about, oh, we'll buy land. We'll have our own church building. You know, we could do this. We could do that. I mean, all the generous things you can do. And, you know, it's like, and you start thinking, and then, like, all of a sudden an hour has gone. And you're like, why did I do that? Because I bought a lottery ticket. I've got like a million chance better chance of dying being struck by lightning here in Southern California where it never has lightning than of winning the lottery. But I've spent an hour of my life wondering, you know, and sometimes we do that. It's not a lottery ticket. Oh, if I work hard enough, I can, if I can get enough raises, then, then what? If I can get enough promotions, if I can get enough education, then, then what? And we, and we spend hours just thinking, oh, I can live this amazing paradise life. And all of a sudden, really, we're just indulging ourselves in materialism and greed. How many hours have we spent because of sin? You know, I was thinking about, hey, what kind of pictures will help us get the heart of how we need to view sin? And I, I, I came up with a couple uh, examples here. Here's one. Now, I don't know if he's mad because he realized he had a flip phone. But I think it's because he, he, his phone rang and he thought it was really important and he picked up and it was a telemarketer. But, you know, what's your mindset when you get bothered by a telemarketer? Are you ever happy? Oh, this is awesome. This fits into my schedule. Perfect. You're like, no. You know, like some of them, if you're really quick, you know, when you say hello, there's that minute electronic pause. And you're like, telemarketer, hang up. And you never have to bear the guilt of just hanging up on somebody because it was just a computer silent thing. But what if we dealt with sin in the same way? Like, no, I don't have time. I'm busy. You know, I got another picture for you. Do you know what this stuff is? 
How many people know what that is? A few of you. You know, I'm the only guy that raised my hand. Okay, I'll tell you a little story. You know how this is Oro Gold. Okay, so I was minding my own business, walking through the mall. I was getting my watch battery replaced. And so they said, come back in 15 minutes. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do with 15 minutes? I could walk down and see if Cinnabon has any new creations. That'd be a good use of time. So I'm like moseying down the hallway trying to pass 15 minutes. And I'm walking by, and I walk by the store, didn't even know this what the store was. And this lady goes, hey, come here, let me put this stuff on you. And I'm like, uh, no, thank you. And she's like, no, 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 it's really awesome. And I'm like, no, that, really, I, I don't use skin lotions. Like, I don't. And she's like, no, 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 you just got to try it. I'm like, okay, fine. Oh, yeah. It's where the story starts. So she puts this stuff on me. And she's like, there, now, how does that feel? And I go, well, I don't know. It's like one of the first skin lotions I've ever put on, so I don't really have anything to compare it with. Oh, here's a mirror. you got to see now this side. You know, and then, and then she goes, do you know this has gold in it? So then the chemist in me, I start thinking, well, what does gold do to skin? Like, who cares if there's gold in this other than the fact that it's really expensive because there's gold? So I'm just kind of now pondering why there's gold in the skin lotion. Okay, so now I'm thinking, okay, you probably got paid just how many people, you know, your bosses, how many people did you actually get to apply this lotion on your face? So I'm like, okay, fine, I did you a favor. Now I go, okay, I got to go. And she goes, no, 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 I, we have this amazing deal and da 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 And I'm like, really, I told you, I don't use skin lotion. And she goes, well, you're married, aren't you? And I'm like, yes. And she goes, well, then buy some for your wife. And I go, my wife is very particular about skin lotion. I would not venture to ever make a skin lotion purchase for my wife. And she goes, well, you love your wife. And I go, yes, I highly love my wife. But... Buying the skin lotion has nothing to do with it. And she goes, well, you don't even want to know how much it is. And I'm like, fine, how much is it? And she gives me some number like 350 bucks. And I'm like, dollars or pennies? And she's like, dollars. And I'm like. No, if it was like five bucks, I might buy it for and say, here, try it. And I'm like, really, thank you. And I'm trying to get out the door. And you know what happens when you get out the door? The price just got lower and lower and lower and lower. Now, the lowest it got down to was like, oh, this one time only you leave and you never get it. You know, 175. And I was still like, no way. You know what? 15 minutes of my life. And I just shared five of it with you. We're spent learning about oral gold. Do you know why? Because I made myself available. I had a choice. I had a choice. And me, you know what I thought? 
She's going to put this stuff on my face. What do you think? Hey, thanks. And I'm going to leave. That's what I thought. I, I Actually, I remember right after that, I saw Caesar and Rachel, and they're like, ah, oh, the kiosk guy got you. I don't know if you've ever seen that skit. But they're like, yeah, you're one of those. You got suckered in. I'm like, stupid me. You know what? Sin is that way. We actually think we're living life, and sin goes, hey, come on over here. And we're like, no, I'm busy. Come on. And we think it's going to be this small little, you know, I'm just going to dabble in it, just a little experience. Hey, it'd be a nice little fun thing. And, but it's not that big of a deal. There's not any lifelong consequences. You know, it's kind of like that moment when your wife says something to you and you know instantly, okay, I can be humble right now. And this will end quickly. You're like, nope, I'm going to lip off. You're like, why would you ever do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know why I walked into Oral Gold. I don't know why. But sin does this to each one of us every single day. And you know what? Sometimes here's how we share. Oh, you know, I was just living life. I, I fell into sin. No, no, no. You were living life and you made yourself available and you chose. It boiled down to a decision and you said, okay, fine. I'm going to open up my schedule. I'm going to open up my wallet. Think about, I remember in, in Canada studying the Bible with people. Now, smoking is just a bad habit anyway. It kills you. But if that wasn't bad enough, in Canada, and this was back in the late 80s, a pack of cigarettes was almost six bucks. So a chain smoker, I would just do the math, adding up how much they spent on cigarettes. And they'd be like, oh my goodness, now think of what you could do, do with that. You know, we spend a lot of money sinning. We'd be so much better off if we were unavailable to sin. It is a choice. And that's what Paul tells us to do. We say, so what, how, do, how do we handle ourselves in this situation? He says, remember that you died. He's talking to save people. He said, you died to sin. How can you live in it any longer? You know, it's just good. You know, as we live life, remember, oh, yes, we died. Jesus now lives in us. Would Jesus live the way that you're about to live? I died. Jesus runs my life. Here's what I got from the Mancinis. They told me this all the time. Respond, don't react. Respond is where you get your spiritual thinking going before the action or the words start. You see, when you react, you do stupid things. You do sinful things. You see that video of the motorcyclist driving down the 14? And the, and the car earlier had cut him over and he was mad. So then he goes up and he's kicking the car. Then the car tries to wedge him and ram him into the median. And then T-bones the median and then explodes into flames. It 
They're like felonies all over the place. I mean, it's like you couldn't script this in a Hollywood movie. Of course, the rest of the world's like, yep, Southern California, we expect that behavior. <laughs> but, like, I often wonder, okay, do those, to, to the two guys that did that, do you think after the fact they go, I'm really proud of that reaction. That was a good choice. You know what? Each one of us has situations that we look back and we go, what in the world did I do? Why did I do that? Why did I respond? Why did I react? Why wasn't there like at least one spiritual brain cell that kicked in and said, it's not a good idea? You know, to respond to a situation means you, you factor in the Word of God. You factor in spiritual wisdom. You get input. You don't just react and fly off the handle. And then finally, realize the consequences. Satan convinced Adam and Eve that eating of the fruit, not an apple. Everybody calls it an apple. It's not an apple. The Bible does not say it's an apple. It's fruit. It's still fruit. Um, but Satan sells you a bill of goods. It's not a big deal. It's harmless. It's not going to cause you any problems. You can repent later. You even hear stuff, well, how are you going to know if it's really wrong unless you're able to experience it for yourself? And so I've got to be able to have these experiences so then I'll know what I need to repent of. No, sin is damaging. You've got to think through the consequences before you make that choice. Continue on in chapter 6 of Romans, verse 15 through 18. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, your slaves are the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God. That though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin, become slaves to righteousness. Point number two, freedom requires allegiance. Now, allegiance is being loyal or devoted to a cause. It matters to you. You live for it. You live with that devotion. You, you live with that honor and that commitment. You, you want some examples of allegiance? Here's one. Yeah. That guy's hard line. You know what? He's just an actor. You want to see real allegiance? Yeah. That's right. Colonel Julian Bond, our brother in Christ, served our nation for 28 years, I think. 29 years. He's awesome. He's right back there. He's really fired up that I'm showing his picture right now. You know, when you Google somebody's name, you can find pictures of them. By the way, th- this was at, you know, the, the George Bush school, that, this picture, uh, where he did his graduate school. 
Julian's awesome. He's devoted to serving our nation. You know, he's allegiant. He's loyal. He's passionately loyal to a cause. You know what? You will never be victorious without allegiance. And I, I love what um, the, the words that Paul used. Yeah, go, thank you. Um, in verse 17. Dumb clicker. Okay. Let's read verse 17 again. He says, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin. Look at these words. You have come to obey from your heart. From your heart. The pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Isn't that awesome words? He did not say, Okay, finally, they badgered you enough that you surrendered and said, okay, fine, I don't want to do it, but I will. No, it says, from your heart. And I love that phrase, that has claimed your allegiance. You know, as Christians, man, we ought to be allegiant about righteousness. Why? Because your heart's involved in the process. Not because somebody's going to hold you accountable, although that's a good thing. Not because the preacher's going to preach about it, but that's a good thing. No, because your heart, the allegiance has been claimed. It's not your cause that I participate in. It's my cause. My righteousness is my cause. You should be the most hard line on yourself. Say, th- think about that. You know, it's amazing how hard line we are on other people's unrighteousness when it affects us. We're allegiant on that. We have we have sin sniffer outers when it occurs to us. But do we have the same allegiance to our own heart, to our own words, to our own thinking? And sometimes you hear words, yeah, you know, my flaws, my shortcomings, we all sin. But you know what? We don't view other people that way. Somebody hurts our feelings. We don't go, well, we all sin. We go, you hurt me bad, 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 really bad. We're allegiant on other people's sin. No, it's got to be ours. It's got to be our heart, the pattern for us. It's, it's our allegiance. Paul finishes the chapter there. By the way, chapter numbers were not in the, the letters. They were added later. Verse 19 to 23 says, I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer uh, yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wic- wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The final practical here. Offer yourselves to righteousness. Just think of this. Next slide. I'm available for what? For righteousness. 
You need connection with God? I'm available. You need service? I'm available. You need help? I'm available. You want to study the Bible? I'm available. You want to learn about God? I'm available. You need mentoring? I'm available. You know, whatever righteous opportunity, it says, free up your schedule. Offer yourselves. You see the words that Paul uses? No. Offer yourselves. Make yourself available. You know, Paul says righteous living is is a voluntary path. But isn't it amazing how sin always finds a way to inserting itself in our schedule, but then we're too busy for the righteous things. Paul says, no, you need to be unavailable to sin. But you need to volunteer for righteousness. He says, offer yourself. He says, so, so what do we do? Here's what I want us to think about. Make time to do what is right. Daily and intentional righteousness. And so what does that mean? Every day, purposely, do righteous things. That means you actively think about your day and go, okay, not have I been righteous, but have I gone out of my way to purposely do righteous things? Because there's going to be righteous things that we do already. But I don't really think that's what Paul's saying when he says, offer yourself up to righteousness. There's also sin, sinful things that we do without thinking about it. He's saying, consciously choose a path of righteousness. Consciously free up time in your schedule. Free up time to be hospitable. Free up time to serve. Free up time to encourage. Free up time to pray. Daily. Because you know what happens when you start doing something daily? You build new patterns into your life. Now, when it's claimed your allegiance, you're fired up about it. If it hasn't claimed your allegiance, then it's going to feel oppressive. Like somebody's making me do something I don't want to do. That's why Paul says, offer yourself up. Remember, we're talking about being set free from sin. You know, sometimes we want to be set free from sin, but we don't have to want to be too busy doing righteous things. Paul says you can't have it both ways. Your schedule is going to be full of something. It's either going to be full of sin or it's going to be full of purposely righteous things. The good news for for you and I, we have a choice. Let's not be like the big elephant. that's attached to the chain of slavery and we've got the freedom to be set free, but we don't live like it. Paul says, no. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And so as we enjoy our Independence Day for our great nation, let's take it personally and look at our spiritual life and let's live set free from sin. Let's stand as we close in one final song.